Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is a pop culture expert, Colin LeBron. Hey, Colin. Hello. I'm a little surprised that you didn't play the theme song. Like, you must layer it over, because I love the theme song. So that's movie magic, as they say. The ring-a-ding-ding-ding. Ding, ding. <laughs> the ring-a-ding-ding. Ding. <laughs> imagine if I did that live every episode with, like, a full band behind me. Um, Just a live, a 32-piece band. <laughs> that actually probably... Well, I, I cannot actually speak to the song, because I can't technically draw attention to it, because it is, say it with me, unlicensed music. But we are... Oh. Doing, but it's less doing... than 30 seconds. Aren't you allowed to use it? If it's uh, technically not. That's sort of a myth. Oh. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> as someone who used to work in music licensing, yeah. um, I don't know how that may be like a really old regulation. Um, but no, if you're using five seconds of music, oh, I see it is technically licensable. It's not going to be like a lot of money, but like mm-hmm. it is licensable. So, so it's um, a real song. It exists. It's not just. I'm like, not going to answer doctor. that question for legal okay. reasons. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so um, okay. I said something that you found inflammatory off mic, and I'm going to take it to the red table now. I said okay. that LA was the least gay gay city in America. To which I had pause. Okay. That gave me pause. I have lived in LA, Chicago, and New York. And I'm not sure that I would have characterized LA as the least gay, gay city. I think it- I feel like I would have bestowed that honor upon Chicago. Okay, (laughs) well, as someone who has also lived in all three cities, I actually think Chicago is maybe the second most gay. I think New York and Chicago have a similar thing where what's gay is really gay and what isn't gay is like extremely not gay. And I think that the like the Midwestern flavor of not gay is so, it's very like strong because you have like Midwestern like frat bros here in New York, like the street community is mostly like finance douchey guys. No mm-hmm. offense to my brother, who is now gnashing his teeth and running his garments that I've said that. Um, I worked at a bank when I lived in New York. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so you, you're, you're, you're infil- you've infiltrated the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I feel like LA has maybe the most gay people, but also the most number of gay people who are like not remotely in touch with their gayness, if that makes sense. Hmm. It does make sense. I... I don't know. I don't know if I've ever thought of like the spectrum of gayness as it applies to the gay cities. Uh, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like also I lived in Chicago at a time when gays could not get married. Mm -hmm. I remember that was where I was on, you know, that day, that day, the day. Um, 
I remember partying in the street on Halstead. I was about to call it Halston, LOL, um, for <laughs> JCPenney um, on Halstead. I remember like the whole celebration. Um, but, like, I, guess I, just, of- I guess I just feel like, and I guess maybe you said it, so maybe I do actually agree with you and I'm just sort of like talking myself into agreeing with you because uh-huh. I've just never thought about it this way, but I just feel like, like Chicago as a whole, I don't think of as necessarily like a very like gay city. That's fair. I think but like, I feel like now that I say it out loud, that's also kind of what you said. So maybe I do agree. <laughs> See, this whole podcast is about me subtly manipulating mm-hmm. my guests into agreeing with me. Not even gaslighting. It's a it's a different sort of emotional subterfuge that I like to I like to do here. But like, no, okay, I, I so for example, like yeah. I will go around Los Angeles, like I've been to the Hollywood Bowl, just fully in a, like a mesh top. Yes. And it's, no one says anything about it. It's not that weird. I have sheer outfits galore. I feel as though I would never wear any of that in Chicago. That is fair. And to that point, I say you can't because it is negative 20 wearing meshes. Yeah, you can't do it. But over the summer though, like I will give you this. It is a lot more like hyper-localized. Like on Halstead and in the, like anything above like downtown to Evanston. I think you can Mm -hmm. get away wearing a mesh top. Uh (laughs) Well, I don't know about downtown actually either. Like downtown River North Old Town. This is not interesting for people who don't live in either of these two cities, but I, fuck you. Um, We do not care about your opinions on this podcast just kidding are you a coastal elite are you hot i'm hot i'm a coastal (laughs) elite and i'm making people mad i'm alienating people no i like downtown downtown is like actually very like straight midwestern stuff like every time i go out there it's like um you mean like on oak street yeah like over there it's it's all like university of iowa frat bros Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Big 10, baby. Go cap. Big 10. No, but like, then you go uptown and it's like way more like, I don't know, different, different vibe. But like, there's also just so much more of like, there's more like queer diversity, I think here. Like, I mean, we, you know, we're both like veterans of the WeHo scene at this point. Like, it's the Mm -hmm. same four bars. True. Over and over and over again. I haven't been to Heart or Stash yet, but those both sound like Stefan clubs to me. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know the veracity of that, but like you really don't have like a lot of like both options and also just like the vibes are very overlapping at all of those places. Whereas Chicago, there are like five places per block for five blocks and all of them have a very different, like there's a scene for everyone a little Mm -hmm. bit, which I kind of like. I think a lot of the places where I used to go, um, I feel last time I was there in 2019, like right before Miss Rona, either they'd all closed or they were very different. Yeah. So like I, we used to go to, we, <laughs> we used to go to frat night at Scarlet, uh-huh. um, which was so silly. And to celebrate frat night, they would have $5 forties or yeah. $5 pitchers of Long Island iced tea, which would get you so turned fucked up yeah the worst hangover you've ever had in your life but it was so much fun um and then I the last when I was there I went to Scarlet again because I was trying to recreate the magic yeah um as one does but it was like just a club 
it felt like. Yeah, it. I think they do still do frat nights, but it's like way more, you know, spaced out. Like, I feel like I go to Scarlet for theme nights. Mm. Like the last time I went was for like a Charlie XCX night. Oh, that's cute. Which was fun. Yeah, but like, I mean, a lot of people do that now, but like in LA, I can't think of one like bar night that I went to that was like, a theme. We're playing this tonight. Yeah. Music at LA bars, though, I think generally kind of sucks, except high top sometimes and Akbar. I love Akbar, but of course, I love it too. Yes. I was just talking to friends because they play um, disco and I yeah. like the disco. I was just talking to a um, mutual friend in front of the pod, Michael Eichner, about Akbar yes. recently. And Akbar is good because you just let some old queen DJ. That's all you need. <laughs> Where, did you talk to him about how we both got COVID at Akbar? No. Are we this most recent time? Yes, we suspect oh, that. Okay. You know, it's in the it's in the solution set of places where. Yeah. <laughs> we both we both uh, commensurately got misomi. So, yeah. you know, didn't have it any other way, really. But that that happened to me here at uh, Sidetrack this past. Mm. Sidetrack video bar. Sidetrack video bar. Yes. Um, (laughs) Sidetrack video in uh, virus bar. That's where I got, Mm -hmm. that's almost certainly where I got mine. So I I think I hesitate to say a gay bar is definitely like vectors of disease. Everywhere Mm -hmm. is, but like perhaps there's some, you know, a more delicate phrasing could be used. Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps. um, (laughs) Perhaps there could be. But like I, I don't know. People like people go to queer spaces to let their emotional guard down. And sometimes that emotional guard down means you get like a cold. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's that's beautiful. That's the beauty of queer spaces. Both things can be true. Yeah. Um, okay, we have to move on to our first yes. segment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we are gonna play Go Call the Governor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and/or ancient history, and you're gonna decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. Okay. So no wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. You ready to go? Yes. All right. First scenario, Selena Gomez reveals she hasn't used the internet in four years. Does the governor need to be called? I think yes, because it seems like a lie. Okay. I, how do you exist without using the internet? for four years I 100% agree with you there's no like how do you check your banking accounts you don't go to the bank well I don't think she I mean I don't think she's like going to the credit union app and see how much listen who knows who's to say she has to have some she has to have some sort of like everyday app like Uber or like Selena Gomez only used Postmates before Maybe she had, like, I guess maybe she has someone do it for her, but like, how does I she don't, listen to I her don't own think music? that's true. Yeah, exactly. Like, how does she, like, I can't imagine that she hasn't Googled something. <laughs> it is, it is, it defies belief. If she had a limited to be like, I have not used social media in yes. four years, especially given like how like heinous the like Justin Bieber era was. And like the the post split era was like that. I, I believe that. Yeah, 
like save yourself, <laughs> save your mental health. Yeah. Get off of social medias. And like, there was something going on with her, like, I mean, this is all alleged or whatever, but like there definitely some, seemed like there was something wrong around the time that she got the kidney transplant. Well, like, because she has lupus? Well, that, yeah, obviously that. Well, yeah, yeah. No, but like, there, like, there, there, like her whole, everything seemed really wrong disease, with her. So. Yeah, it is serious. And like that too, and like, I just feel like she like wasn't in a very good place between like the mental stuff and the health stuff. So that makes sense to me. And like things that she seems like she's in a renaissance right now, like between rare. You're and her Hulu show. Yeah, that's enough. That's one more Hulu <laughs> show than either of us have. Fair enough. That is true. And I actually did enjoy the first three episodes of it that I watched. Yeah, it's I watched the whole thing in like a day and a half and really, you know, not reinventing the wheel, but it was like really cute. I'm totally blanking out what it was called, though. I kind of, uh, like, you oh, want to call it, like, don't trust. Only murders, okay. I was going to say, I, I feel, I want to call it, like, don't trust to be in Apartment 23, but it's obviously not that, but. Because it was the same fucking font, too. Like, they, they really, <laughs> they should just cast Kristen Ritter, like, make it a crossover yes. thing. Like I want a Kristen Ritter renaissance. Yes, like, she really deserves it, too. Like, I thought Jessica Jones was going to be so big for her, and, and it didn't do anything. And it did nothing. Nothing. Well, it got overshadowed by um, Luke Cage. Yeah. Which was, I mean, just the whole like MCU film. She really got stuff, left behind like, by the MCU. Yeah. Like, which is. She got cast aside. Hopefully, like they either. I don't know. I don't want to be like. I don't want to, the Marvel verse to be like any actors like saving grace for employment or whatever. But like, I it would be nice if like they reincorporated her somehow just so she can like. She really deserves to have like a huge fan base because she's been so consistently good for so long now. And like there is a very loyal contingent of homosexuals who loved her on Gilmore's, yeah. loved her as Jessica Jones, would be very happy to have her in some other program in a regular capacity and just enjoy it, live life. Yeah. Cause she can do everything. Like she can do the comedy. She can do um, whatever is not comedy. <laughs> I, 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 look, action, drama. Action. Oh yeah, and she can do noir. She was on Veronica Mars, and she was fucking awesome on Veronica Mars. She was. Yeah, she was on season two and three, and oh my god, the right. movie, which I haven't seen the movie. I haven't either, unfortunately. Yeah, but she's wow. like, she was so good. Like season two of Veronica Mars gets like a weird knock because it's um. Like this, like it's kind of lumpy. Like Tessa Thompson's on it too, as like a character that mm. goes absolutely nowhere. Like a really pre-famed Tessa Thompson, and it is not as good as season one, but it's still like really good. And Kristen Ritter is like a big part of why. Somehow this segment got away from me, and it turned into like the Kristen Ritter fan club. Well, I mean, because the governor got called for selena gomez and she said why are you not calling me about kristen ritter That's I mean, she's a she because it's she. Kathy Hochul. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Kathy i'm not calling gavin newsom I, he can hold the phone 
Yeah, Kathy Hochul, New York's biggest Kristen Ritter fan, airlifts Selena Gomez out of Brentwood and plops Kristen Ritter. I love that. That's what we need. Okay, we're going to move on to the second scenario. Um, The Eurovision song selections, which you're an expert. So I'm going to let you take the lead here on all of those. Paul Ursula, who I don't think is technically a governor, but she's the president of the EU. Uh-huh. call her get her on the phone so i did my annual listen of the eurovision playlist last mm-hmm. and you got yesterday. through all of them well i said you know i hit next a couple yeah. i so i hate when they try and do ballads yeah so two years ago the song that won or there wasn't one in 2020 in 2019 the song that won was the netherlands and it was this like super boring song. Losing you is a loving. Yeah, no, loving that, you is a losing Duncan game. Song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't stand it. It's so boring. He's very sexy, and I remember yeah. his performance. We were all just sort of. I went. I was in London for that Eurovision, and we had a party with gays and ladies, of course. And we were all just sort of thirsting after him. But then when you listen to the song, kind of without his stage presence, shirtless, there, it's sort of like whatever and then tiktok yeah. seemed to have adopted it so it came back I, I really my that's not my flavor of eurovision like i really like when like i like toy which is the yeah won the year before <laughs> yeah T- toy um, is not i don't really like toy that much just because it's very like gimmicky to me but that's also uh, eurovision. But I love like everything in eurovision it's is supposed gimmicky. to be stupid yeah, yeah exactly like she came in and she said i'm gonna make this the campiest song you've ever heard in your life and she clucked like a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. It is. My favorite Eurovision song of the best decade is Euphoria by Euphoria. Lillian. Yeah. yeah I think that's like a common. In the history of all of Eurovision. Minus Waterloo. But. I like Euphoria cares. better than Waterloo. I'll say Same. it. I, I like. ABBA is one. Of, and I have talked about this ad nauseum on the pod. So sorry for listeners. But like ABBA is like in my top three pop groups of all time. Yes. Waterloo is not one of their better songs. Well, it's good. I, I prefer the visitors era where they yes, were kind of like disco and weird and like it's like a little creepy and dark. But I mean, Waterloo is just sort of like it's very. Um, this is an audio podcast, so people can't see my. Well, you're roll- but, rollicking is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right it, it, it kind of like comes in as most Eurovision songs do, and is just sort of like on it the whole time. Like there's yeah. sort of waves and um, peaks and valleys, but Euphoria. Like I was in Barcelona the summer after that and it was everywhere. Like mm-hmm. I was surprised at how many people had really kind of bought into the Eurovision mystique. Yeah. And like everyone knew all the words and all the Americans, I was there on study abroad, of course. And we were all just sort of like, what is this song? Where did this come from? But I mean, it's the best. It, it, it's a hit. An and her performance hit. of it is crazy. <laughs> With it's... her sheer blowing, billowing, like, I feel like it's like a pantsuit caftan. It is. That's, exa- that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly what it is. In, 20, what, in 2010, 2011, whatever year it was, that was a big wind machine year. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. we were in a huge era. Yes. For wind-based wind motor mm-hmm. 
machinery. And yes. yeah, it was flowy garments, mm-hmm. chiffon. It, it was, it, it was, was very time long. and place. Yes. It was also just like, I would say pseudo mystical, like, you know, like Eastern mid- mysticism. Like I'm quote, quoting up a storm here. Like, I feel like if you'd done that two years later, you probably couldn't have gotten away with that. But like, well, the Eurovisions are always sort of on the vanguard of like subtle appropriation in a way that seems to not mind. Yeah, Europe is very anything goes when it comes to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Netta was up there fully clucking in a kimono. Uh, yeah, sh- yes. <laughs> Which the 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 cognitive dissonance there, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that was in 2018. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, very, very messy. But out of the songs this year, Mm -hmm. I have to say I have not listened to every single one of these, but like there are a bunch of them that I'm pretty happy about. Have you listened to the salad song? Oh no, I haven't actually listened to salad. I saw the title and I was like, okay, yeah, I don't really like it when they get super jokey. Okay, so this is I can't even tell you what country this is from, but dear listener, please go look up. Eat Your Salad by Sidi Zenny. The first, uh, Eat Your Salad lyrics, we're sorry. This is an audio and I know that you can't. Um, guys, the first, the first line is, instead of meat, I eat veggies and pussy. Awesome. So we come out within the first 10 seconds, you're smacked across the face. My jaw hit the floor. <laughs> it's shocking. It's crazy. And then he goes on to talk about like sex salad puns and it continues from there. It's crazy. And Ooh. obviously like the, the networks are going to bleep all of it, but I'm just, I'm excited for Graham Norton to commentate on I eat veggies and pussy. Like, I just want to hear what he's going to say about this performance. It's going to be crazy. I hope they have like veggie tales, like creatures. Oh, yeah like dancing behind them the, and, yeah no like we we talked um on uh, the episode two weeks ago about like katie perry and miley cyrus using like sentient emojis basically as backup dancers like yeah that's a little played out very bad in most well, it's played out but, but it's eurovision eurovision that you gotta do it like make They're it never trendsetters <laughs> um, um there's the actually one- a very katie song on the playlist and which one I- Again, couldn't tell you what country it's from. Um, I have all the countries pulled up, by the way. Oh, so if you okay, tell me okay. the if you tell me the name, I can figure it out. That's Rich by Brooke. Okay, another one I haven't heard. Okay, I never listen to the UK ones because they all suck. Like, Is this the UK song? Well, no, it's Ireland's, but like oh, not well, all the, not the, the like the English speaking countries always with like. Well, famously, nobody likes the UK. Yeah, and um, they always. Like no one's gonna vote for them anyways. They never put, they never stuff their pussy up. Yeah. But what they should have done was put forth UK Hun. Oh yeah, what? That's perfect. Like there's that also been... precedent for like drag queens being. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So like, why? I don't. We know. should have done that. We say we because I'm actually a British citizen, and you're. So you're behind do... all this. Yes, I do claim the UK citizenship just when it comes to Eurovision but then I also kind of don't because they're not good at it oh yeah 
um, you know, I try and have one foot in and one foot out. <laughs> the, so I'm of Scandinavian heritage who obviously ah. like bought, we body it every year. Um, though I'm, I'm Norwegian and I'm I, looking well, the, at, have you listened to the wolf song? So I haven't, but I'm seeing here that it's called Give That what, Wolf Banana. What songs have you listened to? Okay, so the ones I've listened to, the three, <laughs> okay, okay. And so the three that I genuinely really like of the ones I've listened to are the Austria. Yes, Halo. One. Yes. Halo is so great. Good. So um, it sounds like a K-pop song, really yes. good. Friend of the pod, no. um, Jonathan Kursky only listens to K-pop, but I sent mm-hmm. this to him and he was like, this is good. And that's a stamp of approval. Um, and have you seen on that song when you play it on Spotify, you know, when you like post it to Instagram, there's like the little like video that plays yeah. behind it. Like we, you find that video. It's very campy. There's people in like sort of Marie Antoinette, Rococo, uh-huh. like inspired, like <coughs> slash. Yeah. They're, they're dancing. It's amazing. And you did great. check that out. Because yes. the song is, it's very like high octane too, in a way that I like. Yes. Um, the other two I really like, the Grease one, Die Together by Amanda Tenfjord is pretty good. And I've liked her other stuff. I think she's sort of cheating though, because she's originally, I believe, either Swedish or Norwegian, and they're bringing her in mm. to do it. Like Cyprus around. did, or I think Cyprus or Greece did a few years ago with either the either Fuego or whatever that like Tamla song was the Spanish Um, songs are never from Spain (laughs) and like I but like Amanda Tanfjord I'm pretty sure is not even Greek like her her Wikipedia says well it says she's Greek Norwegian she edited that specifically for Eurovision because I've never seen this (laughs) in my life before so um, and then the third one I really liked was Sweden, which I believe is the odds on favorite to win right now. Um, Cornelia Jacobs, Hold Me Closer. Which it's just like, it sounds like a Katy Perry song, like kind of okay. a later stage Katy Perry song, but it's like pretty good. Okay. Her dad's famous in Sweden. He's like the Rod Stewart of Sweden. So like from ABBA? <laughs> kind of like he I was down a rabbit hole with her because she was in a girl group and then mm. flopped mm. she's the daughter of the poodles singer Jakob Samuel and he looks like Brett sure. Michael. he looks like Brett Michaels kind of it's very similar like PC blonde but they're also um oh no they didn't make it to Eurovision proper they flopped. They only made it to um, Sweden's like pre-show is called Melody Festival, which is where like a lot of like good pop songs come out of that though, because Swedish people mm-hmm. are scientifically, biologically very good at pop music. Well, yes. Yeah. They gave us the 18s and Laureen. And so. ABBA and Max Martin and well, I mean, the 18s vis-a-vis. Visa, yeah. Robin. They also gave us Robin. Yes. Like it's, there's something in the water over there. So, like, of course, like, their, their, like, rejects for Eurovision are, like, better than most countries, like, yeah. A-team. Yeah. Um, but Norway let's... did play themselves because Give That Wolf a Banana is very stupid and actually kind yeah. of catchy, but is not as, like, 
shocking as I only eat veggies and pussy. And yeah. that's where, like, that's their critical mistake is that they they got out dumbed yeah. by whatever country put forth the salad song. Uh, Latvia, the enterprising people uh. of Latvia <laughs> did that this year. Honestly, good for them. Like, it's, yeah. it's if you're going to beat the Scandinavians at their own game, you got to really, like, ramp it up (laughs) and that's i don't know i'll have to listen to like the jokey ones i just like i don't like it when pop music is funny which is why but this isn't really pop music like this is a it's your full self-contained vessel of like your it's like writing a pop song for a musical it's like what like someone's facsimile of a pop song like Vox Luxy kind of, but Vo- uh, I like those Vox Lux songs. So I don't know. Did you watch that? No. Okay. You would, I don't know if you would like it, but like Vox Lux is like, it is like Eurovision in tone, spirit, mm-hmm. and look. Okay. If you want Natalie Portman to sing Netta songs, then that's, I believe what you okay. should be watching. Ten- then I drop everything. Yeah. Then I'm into it. Um, okay, we have one more yes. uh, scenario here. Pearls for men. Does the governor need to be called? No, because I have pearls. Hey, <laughs> pearl girl this, in the twirl. I have this really cute necklace that I bought in Spain. I'll get it during the break. I'll get it during the commercial break. I'll, yeah, I'll show. It's. I actually bought it from like a women's clothing store called Bimba Ilola, and it's half pearls and half um, just like chain. Yeah, like chain link. I like that because it's different and unique. I also really like Bimboli Lola stuff. Like I have a bunch and I have like a bookmarks tab full of things that eventually I will buy. <laughs> um, and a lot of this stuff is like Bimboli Lola, like accessories and stuff. Um, yeah. That's cool. I, I generally am like fine with pearls. I just wish like everyone has clearly gone to the same place for the same necklace though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that is my problem with it and just slap it on to everything it's not something that you like i think you should like it's a state like pearls are kind of a statement you can't just like yes. put it on there's a time and a place yeah for every accessory really mm-hmm. and you have to know when it's that time and that place yeah i really I, I do really like I like the sheen they're classic they're timeless and it just I don't know I don't I don't love that it's like just like a shortcut to be like weird for some people like they're definitely like especially I'm like on a college campus a lot more these days and like seeing young people who are, are just like you know dressing like hoodies and whatever and just like throw on a pearl just to like zhuzh it up I'm like okay like let's if you're gonna do that like put some effort in but put a mesh top on yeah exactly like put on like a sweater vest and nothing underneath like yeah i think like we're also moving towards a like a charm bracelet charm necklace mm-hmm. era again are we yeah for men I've, yeah definitely for men like i there's this brand that i do like <laughs> called ian charms that does okay. like kind of like high-end charm bracelet stuff I mean, a lot of it looks like homemade, but I guess like all jewelry is homemade. But I was watching Drag Race España this past week. 
so good. Did you are you is, all caught up? No, I haven't watched the talent show yet. Okay, the talent. I'm so I, excited for it. It looks. I don't know what they put in the water. Miss Supreme Deluxe was like, here, have some heroin or cocaine yeah. or whatever, because it's so much better than it was it's, last season. In last season, I loved, loved like, it. Loved it. And this season is, I no hyperbole. I think the talent show episode is one of the 10 best episodes of Drag Race I've ever seen. Yeah, it looks, I, the clips that I've seen are unreal. The talent, the performance. Yes, like I, I mean, the top three made sense, but it was like three people who did exemplary all-timer performances. Then I'm trying to do math. I don't know how to do math. Two people who did just fine like good to fine any other mm-hmm. season they would have been safe and then everyone else was legit excellent like you had superlative excellent merely good Crazy. where were these girls in season one i don't know but poopy poison in season two would oh, have, would have been like <laughs> out of here because like the the runway was also like one of the best runways in the they're history really, of drag race like they're turning it up i have a sort of a hot take in that I love Supreme Deluxe. Yeah, yeah. I think is she that a hot is take? a fan. Is it? No, I thought I think she's great. Well, I would potentially choose her over Rue. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, Especially like these Rue in this yeah in this era of RuPaul, yeah. I would choose her over Rue. I think she's a great host. Like she genuinely is very invested in the show and like offers great critiques. Like the looks yes. are very good. Like, I mean, it's kind of everything you'd want. I also love um, the reason I would brought up Drag Race this morning in the first place is because uh, I don't remember which Javier is which, but like one of the Javier's, the tall one, Javier Ambrosi, and he's Javier, the curly hair one. Yeah, and Calvo, Calvo's the other one. Yeah, Javier Calvo was wearing a very sexy man very they're Deeply both so sexy. hot to me yeah. um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but Javier Calvo was wearing a like a lemon yellow sweater vest with nothing on underneath and a like pale blue charm bracelet choker mm. and I was like this is a good look if I were like five percent hotter I would wear it and I don't need someone commenting tr- in my dms Try 25% hotter because I didn't appreciate it two weeks ago when you guys called me a 35-year-old twink. That was rude to me. I Are you even 30? You're not. No, I'm 26, bitch. Oh, you're younger than me. Oh. (laughs) I'm surprised. (laughs) You are so young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be 27, but I mean that's Mm. I guess like decrepit. I'm the old hag of Chicago. Why are we talking about this? Oh, no, because the look was really Charm good. Bracelets. I'm going to try and pull it off because I like... Um, yeah. Which I think Charm Braces are having a moment, but that's also like pearls, something I think can go very easily ugly. Yeah. If you're not careful. Well, the problem with our TikTok era is like hyper-globalization in a way mm-hmm. because like one look gets popular and then every single gay man does it. Yeah. And there's no variety and you can't really have your own like street style anymore because everyone just wears the same thing yeah so it, it just like becomes one of those things where you're like okay another charm bracelet and we're also like we're in 
an era of minimalism again with men's style, I think, in all ways. Like, mm-hmm. all of the fashion influencers who are on my page are all wearing, like, very, like, like simple monochromatic or, like, basic colored, like, 90s-inspired stuff, which is, like, fine. It's, it looks good on, like, most people, but it is a little boring. So that's well, where people we've... go to accessories to, like, zhuzh it up, but everyone's picking the same accessories. So, like... I think we're sort of regressing not to the 90s, but to the 70s without the yeah. disco. Like, normal and what do you have there? Life. Brown. Brown. Yeah. Various shades of brown. You know who looks yeah. good in brown? No one. No one looks no one. good in brown. It's a horrible, it, it just does not bring out anyone's, like, it's not a flattering color, like in shape, no. tone, nothing. It's, it's just not. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, but the Y2K thing that was going around, that's, like, not doable for most people either. Like, and, like, now we're going to the low-rise jeans again and stuff. Like, that's not doable for most mm. people either. We're not like, you, I don't want my ass crack out nope. in, like, class. Nope. No. Sure don't. Pass. <laughs> I would like to make fashion work for me in a way that does not involve me putting on a navy blue crew neck t-shirt. Is that so wrong? Well, thankfully you live in Chicago where you have to wear a giant puffy North Face for 12 months out of the year. Yeah. So your personal I... style is that North Face that everyone wears. And <laughs> I inherently have the drama of a reveal because once I take my coat off, who knows what's going to be under here? No, no oh, one knows. You could be wearing anything. I know. <laughs> Congratulations, Drew Haskins. You are the winner of this week's challenge. <laughs> um okay we have to take a quick break and we will be right back and we're back let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency colin what are you rushing to the er today okay so i i'd like to posit this question how do you solve a problem like ramona singer this is a question that has tormented scholars Yes. For centuries. Copernicus was up at night about this question. Um, I think you should get rid of her, and I'm kind of hoping that's what they do. So I guess to provide context for the people that listen to this that somehow don't watch Bravo, mm-hmm. which if you're not, call your cable company and watch Bravo. Yeah. Like, for reals. There's so much shit that goes on in the world. Bravo is the best antidote. You turn it on, you turn off your brain, People scream at each other. It's the best. Um, Ramona Singer is the worst trash human in the history of this good earth. And she has been on the Real Housewives of New York City since its inception. And she spent the entirety of her last traditional housewife season being a racist Trumper. And then went on Ultimate Girls Trip, which was the like all stars of Housewives and continued to be a racist Trumper. Yeah. And for some, I, she has something on Andy. Like she's yeah. got some intel on whoever the production company is. It's not World of Wonder, but um, Evolution. I don't know. Something. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Evol- it's Evolution for some of them, at least. Yeah. Like, World of Wonder does million dollar listing. For yes. Fact. Is that um, true? I, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Is this sick? I didn't know that Josh Flagg was gay until literally three weeks ago. Okay. I'm so sorry. You saw that's him that's, and that's like, that. you literally just like shot a laser through the Zoom at me. <laughs> um, 
I don't really watch that show that much. He just seemed like a very like gay seeming straight man to me, but I guess, what do I know? I hate the LA version. The New York version is where it's at. You've got That's Steve what Frederick. Gold. Well, yes, but he's not on yeah. anymore. But oh, Frederick I didn't is, know that. You, you watch in spite of him because he's annoying, but then you have Steve Gold, 6'4", sex pot, who is, he's straight, but he's very sexy and he's good always way. shirtless. Yeah, he's like like Harry oh, yeah. in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it. And then Ryan Serhant, who is somehow perplexingly even taller and has this kind of like gray hair now, like daddy thing that he's doing. And he's also straight, but they're weirdly both like quite homosexual, like in spirit, you know? Well, that's the thing about real estate. It's just, you know, you're playing with expectations in many ways, let's just say. Okay, wait, what? So, okay. So instead of firing Ramona Singer, the simple solution. is just to fire this racist person. We have instead gone for a second route, which is we're going to have two Real Housewives of New York shows. One is called like Rony Legacy or something yes. like Legends of Arceus or whatever. However <laughs> you <pronounce it>. Like <laughs> we're going back in time. We're going to pull back like from the dregs <laughs> of housewives of roni lore yeah they're like we're gonna bring back kelly ben simone we're gonna okay. bring back probably jill zarin dorinda fine yeah and all Ramon, these are like, slaves to me i don't know like but then we're gonna have to have a second roni that we have to also like learn and care about and put ourselves into which is just like a new group of girls which that i respect like this is what they should have done all along is literally just cleaned house and found a new cast of people in a city of 10 million people. Surely there is a multicultural group of friends who have yeah. interesting stories to tell who are like multifaceted human beings that would be interesting and fun to watch. I don't know. Maybe you can find it. Maybe you can't. You definitely can. And there's one person who is very interested right now. And that's Julia Fox. She is. She said she mm. wants to do it. Yeah. But not yeah, <laughs> we st- okay. We stand Julia Fox on this. Podcast, we sure do. I cut so, down. Yeah, she's she would be such good TV, and she has such a good network of people. She would, too. but do you think she's like a housewife? She's not very aspirational. I mean, she is. Well, to, to like, you, to you, like I would love to be wearing Balenciaga in a dumpster. Like that. She. I think she has. Oh, it's hot. fashion. Yeah, it's fashion. Like, like she. I I like her a lot because like she's really um. I think she's kind of the apotheosis of the like kind of scammy girl. Mm. Like I'm not, I don't think Julia herself is a scammer in the way that like a Caroline Calloway or an Anna Delvey are, but like there's something very kind of craven about how she wants to interact with her fame, Mm -hmm. but like she's going about it in a cool way it's both like very modern and how she's using social media social media but also very like 60s socialite it's a weird dichotomy and i like it a lot the thread that you're going down i think could be interesting because i do sort of like a i'll throw it back to alex mccord and her husband simon mccord Mm -hmm. who i feel like we're sort of like in a way prototypes for julia fox like you could get from point a to point b i guess because there's like a there's sort of a lack of self-awareness a desperation 
a thirst for fame, the desire to make yourself appear wealthier and more in the culture than you kind of actually are. That is like fun still above all. Yeah. They were like fun, lovable people. Like they weren't nasty. They weren't mean. I think like, yeah, if that thread, if we could find people like that who are sort of like that, that could be a lot of fun. I am going to hereby dub this the Alex McCord theorem, the theorem on <laughs> which all casting decisions need to be based because I, that is a, what may be the most intelligent thing that's ever been said on this podcast. Oh my God, Out of you. all the fucking stupidity that we see <laughs> here, like that was a, that's per- exactly what they should be doing because what was really missing, I think from even the last like two or three seasons of Roni was fun. There's no fun to be had. There's no joy. No, there's no dumb, stupid joy. Like, there's a sadness. Yeah, that like sort of started to permeate our television screens, and it just sort of cut them down one by one. Like it started, started with Lou, obviously, yeah. but somehow Lou was like in that season was still really. I hate to say this because she was an alcoholic, but was quite fun. And you know, you're talking about season 10? When she's in the bush in Punta Mita. When oh, she, that's the beginning. That's, that's season nine. Season yeah, 10 is season the season when it was about Tom. Um, it's about Tom. Well, the season that they were Eight in is, It's before. about Tom. Nine is when she falls in the bushes and 10 is when she gets arrested. It's she like a have been able to go to Mexico after she got arrested. Yeah. She was, that's why they had to stop going at, like out of the country. Um, but like oh. that was a lot. Like I don't know. But like then it just got kind of dark and sad, and she yeah. tried to turn it around. But by that point, I feel like the sadness had sort of consumed Dorinda, and then we lost Dorinda, and yeah. it just started to like kind of take them down one by one. And what we were left with was just a sort of like joyless, drunken tornado of like, like Ramona, yeah, and, and like racism. Uh, I mean, Ramona is just unwatchable. Like, Ronnie is historically my favorite. Mm-hmm. Of the best. The jewel. So good. I have never not finished a season before. Couldn't finish the most recent one. I just couldn't do it. And to be fair, Bravo didn't finish it either. We didn't get a reunion. <laughs> like, that's literally like, never happened before. That's so. just a testament to how unpleasant Ramona singer well uh, yeah I mean the allegedly the rumors that they couldn't film a reunion because of the investigation about Ramona's conduct towards members of production oh and Ebony yes both I do imagine being the HR person that gets entrusted with this investigation (laughs) I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy like it what do you even do I guess have to review footage and, and interview people oh yeah i mean it's not like there's you know you're sifting through a mountain of evidence and like I, I we saw so much on camera of her bad behavior like what did get what got cut like what got cut i mean and I, you go back through the archives like 14 seat or 13 seasons or whatever and like imagine imagine especially early on like and my my issue as well is she continued this reign of terror on Ultimate Girls Trip. And she sucks the air out of every room that she's in with how unpleasant she is. And she has shown 
a inability to grow and change. And I just feel like I like when we sort of watch them evolve. Yeah. Like there's a story, there's a narrative, there's an arc. And she's just sort of like the same curmudgeonly person. And she's I mean, also not fun anymore. Like she, no. like, remember Turtle Time, Ramona? Like when she yes. was just like drunk on wine and sort of just, she was, you know, fucking Mario, her hot husband. Yeah, I miss him a little. I mean, he's, I'm sure like a scumbag, but like. Oh, they're all scumbags. He was like the proto Mauricio almost in a way that I kind of. Yeah, the hot Enjoy, but he like obviously took a dark turn, but like Ramona, those first few, se- actually until the divorce, was a monster but like a very different sort of just like she was like the upper east side woman you'd never want to meet yeah but like it was like a bitchy fun kind of like almost like gilded age villain kind of thing Mm -hmm. like i think a lot about her and jill talking about like charity invites or whatever and ramona being like it's just not done jill it's just not done like that's the kind of drama i crave and it really moved away kodak yeah (laughs) like we don't now that everyone's like a drunken mess like i mean it didn't there's just no levity like it takes a lot of screwing up to squander the talents of two of reality tv's finest comedians in sonia morgan and lou andaliseps i truly lou andaliseps might be the most housewife housewife you cannot do the show without her, I think. And I really hope that they choose to but build the reboot around therein her. Lies the, therein lies kind of the problem because everyone always has that housewife for them where they claim like, you can't do this show yeah. without them. But that's how we end up with Orange County. And that's yes. how we end up with Legends of Arceus and new version of like Pokemon Pearl. I mean, like, I'd argue like Jersey's having a pretty good season this season, but it's in spite of Teresa, not because of it. And that's been the case for several seasons now. But I think that like, for example, Ultimate Girls Trip was the housewives that were on it. It was like them at their purest forms. Yeah. And she was very likable on Ultimate Girls Trip. She was very fun. Yeah, And it was a different side to her that I feel like we don't really get to see on New Jersey. And so I've come to this season with like a refreshed opinion. Like I'm more on her side than I was when she was just like angry and lying about Jackie Goldschneider. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) fair. I just don't like that she like feels like she's she is so above the show. Yeah. But like I I do I do find her like kind of likable at points too like I do agree that girls trip was a good moment for her and I rewatched season two of Ron J which is my favorite all-time oh, you had COVID? season no no oh, oh god I should I would have done it I again. watched it I rewatched it I had COVID <laughs> okay perfect it's it, yeah. it is far and away my favorite housewife season and like Teresa is horrible in that They're season all... like not a likable moment they're all horrible but I do think Daniel Staub is like She's like perversely the hero. What? Yeah, wait, Daniel. Yeah, no, Daniel. Go call the governor. Okay, I'm calling the police. I'm calling the governor. So let's let's think about the history that's ensued since then. Dina Manzo 
has moved to Malibu and she is basically living under a new name now with her new boyfriend. Looks because beautiful. her sister, like in her goon squad of a husband's family, beat up her now her. boyfriend with a slapjack. Yeah. In the parking lot of like posh parking lot, basically. Like, was it really in the posh? Parking no, lot? but like, you know, oh. that it wasn't a parking lot. And in, in my mind, like, all everything bad that happens in New Jersey happens in the posh. It's somehow connected lot. to Kim D. Yes. Like, she <laughs> is like the puppet master behind all this. But like, Danielle was right to be afraid of the Manzos. Teresa is a fair enough crazy bananas person. And she and Jacqueline always were like, they always had sort of like a forbidden friendship, like a forbidden attraction almost. Like the man just split them apart and they're not friends now, but like Jacqueline also got out of there. She was in Vegas. Yeah, because the Manzos are scary and Teresa is scary and erratic. So like, I'll, you know, Danielle is not, I'm not saying Danielle is a good person because she's absolutely not. Danielle is an asshole, but like she was right. At the end of the day, I think she was right. I was behind her in line at Starbucks the day of Andy Cohen's baby shower when they all descended upon West Hollywood. Was she invited to that? I'm pretty certain she was there. Oh, good. Because she was okay. on the show. That was the season of the hair pull, I believe. Yeah, that's, Your husband's in the pool. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh. Um, and getting my eyes on her was a fantastic experience. She was, I, she like suggested that I had cut her in line Although I had not, I had just walked in and didn't know, you know, like when you walk in and you're like, oh, there's a line, but there's uh-huh. no real rhyme or reason. Yeah. So I need to figure out like who's in the line and where does the line end? And then I will get into the queue. She just sort of looked at me and she was like, there's a line within like 30 seconds of me stepping into the Starbucks. It was the one on Robertson across from. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. That is so funny. I'm I, I took a picture of her like, like, oh my God, it's her. And then later that night I met Giselle. Oh, love and Giselle is radiant she yes, is I, so I, pretty I, she's so sweet like I was drunk of course as we all were yeah. and I was just like can I take a photo with you like I love you on the show and she was like so kind she took a photo she took three photos with me I looked terrible in all of them but she looks amazing she I I love her like and she's not always right but like she historically has been my favorite Yes, Potomac House wife. And I'm so happy that like I'm biased because I'm from Potomac, but like I'm so happy that Potomac seems like it's really finally getting its flowers as like the best franchise that's currently on right now. Getting its cherry blossoms. Oh my god. See, regional specificity. That's <laughs> that's you've done your homework, mama. That's nice. That's mm-hmm, nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, they should be holding a cherry blossom instead of um, champagne. Champagne, because that could be anywhere. But they also live anywhere. Like none of them live in Potomac none of them live proper, close. except uh, Karen and Giselle both live in Potomac. But, but everyone else is like almost in Baltimore. Like huh? they like they don't live close to each other. No, like, Wendy lives north of Baltimore. That's Wendy like very an hour away. and a half away from like D- I mean DC in general. Like that's it's way out there. Like the, it's kind of a miracle that they all film together, as much as they do. Because like it the is travel it's not time. easy to get over there. So, I mean, I guess but, that you can like write off the mileage on your taxes, because they're yeah. putting the mileage on their cars to get to work. 
Yeah. Wendy, Miss Wendy is getting in that car and fully driving like three hours to eat some like salad. Salad. Because I mean, there's a restaurant. They're always at like a chain, like a chain, mini chain in a strip mall. Mm-hmm. At like those hard chairs with like the three like iron backs, like it's not. There's mm-hmm. no. There's not a lot of glamour in the meals no. in Potomac, but like never. There's yeah. a really funny Instagram account that I follow called The Real Housewives Orders, uh-huh. and I will plug it despite having no vested interest in it. But it is so funny. He like goes in and just like catalogs what they order, mm-hmm. and when you sort of see them all together you kind of realize like these women are nuts. Like the yeah. things that they order are crazy and the food never, like never looks good, always goes uneaten. And just, I'm like, why, why are yeah. we here? But they always make a point of ordering the food, which I think is so funny. Well, because that's kind of like, the show has kind of, or the franchise in general has sort of forgotten that like this got its roots in like aspirational, aspirational yeah, tourism to an extent. And yes. I think the menu ordering is a relic of that era, but it's like kind of one of the last few things they do. Like no one's really traveling internationally that much anymore, like partially because of COVID, partially well, because I yeah. think the budget, like they just have so many shows on right now. Like they can't make everyone go like to these fancy places, which is why we're getting like 15 Aspen trips in a row, like across all these franchises. I mean, but like- I, I, And I, you I mean, heard the what last- happened in the- the most recent Aspen trip. Yes. Okay, I can't wait. I'm very excited. We talked yeah. about that on uh, the episode with Jack Mazio from like a month ago. I'm so excited to see how that plays down. Allegedly, we're getting the Beverly Hills trailer. Well, by the time this episode comes out, I think the trailer will be out. I'll just put it that way. So fingers crossed for that. Um, back to the Roni conversation. Yes. At, if you think... had to pick three housewives to be in the reboot, who would they be? The or not reboot. the reboot, in the, the, in the, in the legacy cast, okay. who do you think that it should be? Three is hard. Three is really hard. Um, yeah. The thing is, is that like, I feel like, I feel compelled to obviously say Sonia and Luann, but I'm not going to, because I want to get at some deeper cuts. Like I need a B-side. Okay. So I love Jill Zarin. I think she's the worst. Yeah. But I also think that she is so thirsty to be back on the television that I just want to, I mean, I guess we'll get this with Ultimate Girls Trip season two. Like, I just want to see, I want to check in with her. I want to see what she's up to. I want to see how she like goes about her like next chapter. Um, I love Dorinda. I used Mm -hmm. to live really close to her on the Upper East Side. And I used to see her walking around. Aww. I was always too nervous to like say hello. Yeah. Um, but I actually used to live on the same street as Ramona. Um, oh, no way. Just like very far. Like I lived very far east and she lived on, um, I think, Park Avenue. But the, sh- um, I, the show, the exterior of the apartment that they showed on the show for her when she lived on Park was yeah. not I actually her actual open. apartment. I think it was one or two streets up like they had just like chosen something that was close yeah because it looks it kind of all looks the same up there um but I never got to see her like I always knew she was there but yeah. um uh, I never got to see her walking did around. you ever see Avery Coco. I feel like everyone I know who lives in New York has seen Avery Mm-mm. interesting I think she lives in LA now 
Yeah, she might not have been around when I lived was there. there. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I never saw I never saw her. Um yeah, I just happened to live in their neighborhoods. So yeah. I, I would see Dorinda like walking around. It was always very cool. Um and also her Luke, her makeup guy, yeah, um, would always be at Barry's in Chelsea. That's fun. Luke, comma, Caroline Sanbury's makeup guy, whom I am very excited to see return on The Real Housewives of Dubai. Yeah. As problematic as Dubai may be. No, I, we were talking about Dubai and Caroline Stanbury on last week's episode with Carrie O'Donnell. Were you a big Ladies of London guy? Loved. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Caroline Fleming, great TV. The other Caroline, famous other, um, scandinavian person yeah i think she's dutch something yeah like she, i mean she's like vaguely blonde european or whatever yeah. like very midsummer like yeah yeah i'm excited to touch base with stanbury because um i mean we just it's been a long time since we've seen her and like she has a whole new life than the last time we touch base so that'll be and she's just i really liked her on that show like I could see how that show was unsustainable because it was very dark and like most of the cast kind of sucked. Um, mm. One of those, one of those women though is like a WeHo restaurateur now. She owns. Um, is it Hermer or Juliet? Hermer. It's Marissa yeah. Hermer. Um, she owns Oliveta, which is like a really buzzy like mm. industry lunch kind of spot, but it's in that. Um, I believe it's in the building where O Fudge used to be, Jessica Beals. Oh, um, with, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like by right over Gracias there. Madre. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like okay. a big hotspot, but it's owned by Marissa Hermer. So that's what oh. she's up to. You know what it's also really close to is Sutton's uh, boutique. Boutique. That's just called Sutton. Okay. <laughs> we also have to give a round of applause for her gay assistant for getting a promotion to gay like business manager or something. <laughs> like he got did he get like hit in the face or something or did like kathy hilton like smack him or something did no so that was proven false by Sutton. Okay. Sutton said that um <laughs> kathy hilton did not call my gay assistant a faggot um oh okay so emotionally slapped in the face yeah but he but, but it didn't happen i guess like we're all good um okay I don't want I don't... to retread past episodes of the crisis Twink. i'm yes. sorry no 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 it's okay sure. no no this is this is all <laughs> new within the past week Mm, okay um and this episode is going to be the memento of crisis twink episodes because we're playing a little fast and loose with timeline today but um the my cast members for the legacy i agree with you 100 on jill and if you take away lou and sonia because i do think they're probably givens to come back yeah dorinda i'll i'll do dorinda too and I think Kelly Bensma. It's time. I never said my third. Oh, you didn't say? Oh, fuck. I'm I forgot. so sorry. But it would have been Kelly. It would have oh, been Kelly. Okay. See you, sister community today. Her running down the middle of the street was <sighs> so funny. I don't know what about it. Well, I mean, everything about it was funny. It's, but it's it, just like, it really stuck with me. Her Every time I <laughs> like have to run off the sidewalk for some reason, Always I Kelly. think of her every single time. And that is like, that's the mark of an iconic moment. If it permeates yeah. your everyday existence like that, like that's, you've done something yeah. that's touched lives. Yeah. She and that Scary Island is. Scary obviously. Island. 
wild. Yeah. I, I mean, watched that with friends of the pod, Michael Eichner and John Boone last year before I moved here to Chicago. They had, but neither of them had seen it had before. Seen Can it. you fucking believe that? I can because I have been guiding Michael on his Bravo journey. Yeah. And dearest Michael, I will take credit for that. But um, yeah, he like, I, he's been watching all of them. He watched yeah. Salt Lake City with us in Beverly Hills. And I was like, you just have to watch this. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's, it, it's, it's culture. It's, it's a cultural emergency to get back to the core, the core yeah. concept of this podcast. Like, and the reason well, we talk about Bravo so much on a show like this is because like, it's not just a show. It is like, there's something so central about it to like the queer existence these days. Like there are, there are like action figures almost. So, so my gateway drug was Top Chef. Okay. I love Top Chef. And during Top Chef, whenever it was airing in like 2015 or something like that, I was like struck by Atlanta. And it was also Erica Jane's first season. And so I sort Mm -hmm. of like dipped my toe in. And then being in New York City on the day that, you know, who was elected was like the darkest, one of the darkest days of my existence. Like I've never heard New York so silent. People were crying on the street. It was crazy. And so I really just needed something uplifting where like these they're timeless they exist in their own plane of reality where like you could literally just watch season two of new jersey and be like this happened yesterday Mm -hmm. and it's so stupid and so inconsequential that it's just like medicine you know like it just you can forget about everything you can have it on in the background and they're basically drag queens like the dynamics are very heightened and like so yes they're they're really like they're all giving us like a performance yeah like they're putting on full face they're putting on full drag they're camping it up like they're giving us also like like real storylines yeah or at least some of them are um i think the show gets an unfair knock for being like obviously it's produce like people are asking leading questions but like the stories and the dynamics are real like they're not faking being mad at each other you can't write this kind of stuff no like you would never as a person in Hollywood sit down and be like I'm going to write a tale about a woman who goes to get her vagina rejuvenated and then the next day is crying about her divorce and how she feels lonely and like talks about the process of aging and what it's like to be a woman over 50. Like you, you could never do that. No, definitely not. Like we're seeing the interior lives of people we do not often see on screen. And I think Roni more than most of the franchises really tapped into like loneliness almost more than like most of these shows like it's easy to forget like most of these women started off married yes and then and all one by one are divorced or like in some cases widowed like jill's widowed now like it's a you know like we're we're seeing people who are like filling voids yeah 
with like kind of dark stuff like it's it, it did it, it was fine for a while and then all of a sudden it like it just the became got unsustainable yeah yeah and the addition of younger cast members who were like a little too like well in leah's case a little too reckless and in ebony's case a little too like like ebony was really good for the show in a lot of ways but like i do think that she she was set up to fail by she was set the, up to fail and yeah. very tokenized by network. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. It just sort of, it, it seemed like their answer to solving the problem of Ramona Singer was, oh. Bring just, in someone who will, like, quote unquote, teach her. Yeah. But this woman cannot be taught. It wasn't Ebony's, like, like place, or not place, but like, it wasn't her job to like why like no let her have her own storyline like yeah, let us it, see this woman's life like yeah why does she have to be the person to teach Ramona like like Ramona cannot be taught and that is the problem like I think that we just I think that we need what, to clean house yeah and I'm happy that they're doing it but I'm also just like I sort of feel like this is a lot of work to just avoid firing Ramona and if they fire Ramona the whole thing will be worth it and I think that you can easily replicate like the Ramona dynamic within the group by just bringing in Jill Zarin. Just bring in Jill Zarin. We all want it. We want it. We deserve We deserve it. Bring in Aviva for all, fuck all I care. Like just no more Ramona. And that's mm. it. Aviva's husband was also recently, um, there was some sort of legal thing with his business. And Bravo There's, loves a legal scandal right now. So let's get a camera so, on it right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a true crime I need network, Andy so. and a camera. Yeah. Like, he it was some his uh basically I think um he was sued for it was something like it was like a Ponzi scheme oh, or God. like they were taking investments for something that didn't actually exist, you know, of that of that nature. Like yeah, something we, financial, we need a, like a white collar crime. This. So yeah. let's let's get on that, please, because this yeah. is it's negligent. Andy Cohen, this is negligent. Yeah. All right. We have to move on to our final segment. We're okay. going to play Tear the Community Apart. So the rules are simple. I've picked two songs, and you're going to tell me which one is better. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I've done something stupid today. I've picked really just, like, joke songs in a lot of ways. Like, both of these songs have a reputation for being silly, like, novelty on, songs. On theme for Eurovision. Perfectly I, I on know, theme, unintentionally so, but perfectly on theme. We have very different tastes in music, so this will probably be better than if you asked me some random like emo. No, but that song. I feel like we we share like a common lexicon of like pop. True. Like I like True. a lot of pop. old stuff or whatever, and like people are sick of me talking about that here. But like, well, I am not at all alt. So the mainstream alt divide. Like I am the, we a found community gal. today, and that's. <laughs> That's that's all that matters. Like this is a yes. healing platform above all else. Um, but yes. that all that is to say, uh, you have to choose between "We Like to Party" (parentheses the Venga Bus by Venga Boys) or "Macarena" Bayside Boys oh. remix by Los Del Rio. <laughs> okay, there is one obvious choice, and that okay. is the Venga Boys. Okay. Um, the Macarena, too straight. Somehow, like I disassociate it too much with straight culture. Only benefit to that song that I see is the clip of Hillary Clinton doing the Macarena, or not, mm-hmm. not fa- like very pointedly not doing the Macarena at the 1996 
Democratic National Convention. Yeah, the rhythm was not aligned. I need to know, like, what her aides told, like, I wanted to be in the situation room where they debated, like, should Hillary do the Macarena or not? And, like, I would love to have seen the, like, memos and the internal, like, debate that went around, like, because she's, like, very specifically not doing it, and it's the easiest dance in the world. That was why it was so popular with, like, boring white people. And, like, everyone else in in the stadium or whatever is doing it, and she's just clapping around. She's got no rhythm. She's not clapping on beat. She's just sort of smiling manically. Why? I mean, cue Violet Chashki saying, I'm not a dancer, but I'm not not a dancer. (laughs) Like, it's, she knows better too. And she did it again in 2016 with the Pokemon Go to the polls thing. Like, (laughs) she just can't help herself with like a a buzzy trend. But um, But I'm going to disagree here. Didn't they just do the Venga Boys on on UK versus the world? Uh, okay, but it, yeah. was it was it We Liked Party? No, yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah, it was Pangina versus Janie, which was uh, like far and away. I thought the best lip sync of that season. What's the other Venga Boys song? Um, uh, boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, which is a great song <laughs> too. I like I like um, We Like to Party a lot. Like I know it's like the Six Flags song to a lot of people, mm. but I have a real yeah, yeah, fondness right. for cheesy Euro dance that like yes. Eurovision does scratch that itch a lot for me. Um, but unfortunately, I do think the Macarena is a better song. Oh, I'm wow. going to ask you to do the nearly impossible intellectual exercise to divorce it from the context of the dance nearly impossible but i'm gonna i will say the opening the opening riff of like what whatever instrument yeah it's it's like just something like that the remix literally cost like 250 dollars i think that's like an apocryphal story but like that thing got made on the cheap um I think like if something like that came out today, it would be it would be a slap. Like people like the dance, like whatever, ignore the dance. That's hard to do. Ignore it. Like that song sounds good. Well, it's catchy. I mean, it's sort of like a Y, it's like the YMCA where yeah. like that you have you can't divorce it really from the dance, but as a standalone song, it is actually kind of good. I <laughs> know oh, YMCA is like, I think. And universally embraced as like a fun like disco anthem. And I'm asking people to like try to do that with the Macarena too. Like there's some, it's very like, like the synth notes are very like appealing. Like, yeah, it was definitely doing. There's a promise with that synth. Yes. Like there's like a promise of something to come. Like (laughs) it's, it's the party getting started. Just like in the Venga bus, the, the bus is honking and you got to get on the bus. Yeah. And there's no vehicle involved in the Macarena. Maybe the song would be better if there was like some sort of like Macarena wagon to like yeah. get people like come yeah. on in or like there's like a hydrofoil, like something very like futuristic. I I know that the original song is like the guys doing the like hey Macarena, but but like take that out. No, we're talking about the remix. Yeah, we're talking about the remix, not, but that ha- the, the remix act, has like, the those songs. Sure. let's take that out let's get someone else in there like another like bratty like slut girl like get her in the mix and then gloria there are two trevi. of them yeah gloria trevi <laughs> gloria trevi who is also fantastic alina drivers, rubino although i'm not sure if they like it no they're right ri- they're rivals it's yeah, yeah, yeah. gloria trevi and alejandra are like the two that like um 
get along. Okay. And then Talia and Paulina Rubio are the other two that get along out of the four. Is it Rubio or Rubino? Rubio. Okay. Why yeah. do I think it was Rubino? I don't know. She sings I don't a. Know. I had to like learn one of her songs for Spanish class in high school. Oh, me too. I did too. <laughs> that was Which one? why was Span- I don't remember off the top of my head, but I don't remember. I don't know why Spanish teachers were obsessed with people singing in class. I mean, I remember like most of the words. So. I had to do La Camisa Negra by Juanes, which is, ah, that was, okay. uh, but I don't like singing in front of people. Like it's not, um, hmm. I'm shy. We actually, um, I think we had to make a music video. Oh, wow. And um, we had to lip sync the music video. Yeah. But I can't remember <laughs> what song it was, but He's we had to lip sync for our lives. Yeah. Well, that's that's good to practice for these days mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when we're exactly. in today's in the queer jungle. We have to lip sync for our life three times a week. Yeah, we must always be prepared for a battle. Um, I suppose okay, we now do that have... you think about it, you've I think you've gaslit me again. Again, I think that you're right. Now that I think about the Venga bus, like mm-hmm. like it is kind of just the same over and over and over again. Like there's no levels to it. And the riff is, like, I would say that the riff is, like, equally undivorceable from, like, the Six Flags commercial as the Macarena is from the dance. And to me, the Macarena is a fun dance you can do at a party. Not a good party, but you can do it at a party. Mm. The old man in the Six Flags commercial, and not to be the ageist, He's just an old man doing a dance that you can't do. He has fun, fun limbs. That's about it. What are you going to do? The Venga bus began like, duh, duh, duh. but I also like, I would have thought that before Pangina did turned out a lip sync to it. So I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, sync. but what's your final verdict? Cause I do have to put a little box in green on my spreadsheet for a future project okay, about who it's wins. The, it's the Macarena. I'm going to go with the Macarena. I voted for Lori Clinton once. My power. I mean, at the end of the day, (laughs) this is this is. I have like some sort of cosmic, astral powers. Well, you are only getting stronger by the day. Every episode is podcast. Mm -hmm. That's. I I don't know. Like I have like little twinkles in my eye right now. Now, (laughs) I just like blame you. I will stand my ground and say if. It was boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. Oh yeah, I would have no. chosen boom, boom, boom. boom oh no, me too. That that's that's hands down, like hands down, a better song. Like no contest, yeah. um, yeah. no contest. And the Venga Boys have like some fun songs that are like worth checking out. Like that Eurodance like whole scene is like it's cheesy, sure, sure, but like so is a lot of I mean, pop music. Like good pop music Aqua. is happy love aqua barbie girl is like legit fantastic look barbie girl is an amazing song yeah and i will say that i like non-ironically listen to it decently often oh yeah me too it's like on my running playlist there's also i forgot who sings it but there's the tarzan and jane song oh i know what you're talking about too that's like some like yeah that's like some random dutch person when in doubt it's always some like random dutch person but yeah yeah Oh, Colin, we have to wrap up today, but this was a true odyssey this was, through the annals of culture. This was the Iliad. This was the Odyssey. This was the Song of Achilles. A hero's journey. Yeah. The return of two, two conquerors 
Yeah. To the sweet shores of, uh, I don't know, WeHo. In a few weeks, WeHo. <laughs> we'll yes. be there. We'll be, we'll be at the sweet shores of beaches in two weeks' time. So mm-hmm. we sure um, where can people find you on social media if you would like to be found? So I famously have neither a Twitter or a Facebook. So there is one option. Solid that choice. would be Instagram. And I am at LeBron James. L-A-B-R-A-N, James. Okay, I was going to say you absolutely need to spell that out. (laughs) People people spell it like the famous basketball player, LeBron James. Yeah, what if the twist this whole episode was I had the the real LeBron LeBron James on to talk about like Kristen Takeman. (laughs) So my Pop of Color by Kristen Takeman, she should have been one of my three. Oh, how could I have forgotten? Pop of color. I she lives. In, she lives time. in LA now. I'm pretty sure. Like she, she's in Santa Monica with her like WeWork husband. Well, her husband owns eBoost, which is the pre workout that I drink. Like I actually. Oh my god! <laughs> you're like you're actually giving her money. I'm actually giving her money. I wow. like eBoost. That's it's nice. Disgusting, but like it tastes like terrible. But all yeah. pre workout tastes terrible. Yeah. Um. Uh. So I post a lot of like thirsty shirtless photos. Um. And people will comment on sometimes, sometimes they'll be like, or they'll send me a DM and they'll be like, you're not the real LeBron James. And I'm like, no shit. Like I'm not purporting to be right. here. Like it's, it's like a funny twist because it's my actual name. And, and so... also like you clown, <laughs> you didn't spell it right the first time when you searched. Yeah. So like learn that's how on to you. spell the names of your idols and heroes. Yeah. Please learn that's how to spell the, the least you can ask. <laughs> yeah. The, we 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 took years off of our lives to learn how to spend, spell Bethany. Like the least you can do. Yeah. Is switch a vowel. Yeah. Um. Exactly. You can find me on Twitter at fkpigs with a z. On Instagram at Drew Haskins with Z's and follow Crisis Twink at Crisis Twink Pod on both Twitter and Instagram for little updates. I don't know. Um, Colin, this is so much fun. Thank you for being here. This was here. so fun. And I'll All see right. you so soon. See you so soon. The sweet shores of beaches. Cha 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 cha. <laughs>